Welcome to The Business Grind, where we give you an inside perspective on what it takes to start, build, and run a successful business. Here are your hosts, Danny Shaw and Sean Michael Wellington. All right. Hello to everyone in podcast land today. Thanks for joining us. Sean, how you feeling? Feeling uh, strong this week. <laughs> feeling like gladiator this week. <laughs> that was funny. I, that was a good one. You was you holding that? You I feel like you was ready to go. With nah, that I actually just thought it Oh, that was a good one. That was a good one. Hi, it's appropriate. All right. Well, today's episode, we're going to discuss. Uh, you know, I don't know if we call it a documentary or movies. Docu-series. Docu- yeah, docu-series. It was about five part yeah, episode. Yeah, yeah. And this is. I was thinking about that too. This is our first series. When you think about it, we've done documentaries like the single part, but I don't think this is the first five parter that we've done. Right. 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 I don't think so. Um, but yeah, this is a docu series uh, called "Muscles and Mayhem: uh, An Unauthorized Story of American Gladiators." Um, so we just had to be cl- clear which one it was, because I believe ESPN did one on American Gladiators as well, recently, around the same time. Oh, did they? Yeah. yeah. Okay. I yeah. might have missed that. That's why okay. they, yeah, they def, that's why they have the unauthorized, uh, you know, in the title. Uh, but for those who may not be aware or, or may not know, maybe we should speak about what American, uh, Gladiators is and, or was. So, uh, Sean did. You know, I might be dating myself, but were you around when the show was out and about? And yeah, about? I definitely grew up with American Gladiators. Oh, okay. I definitely watched it a little bit. I mean, I wasn't like a, I don't remember the names of mm-hmm. all the superstars or whatever they're called. But uh-huh. yeah, I did watch it as a kid. I remember it. But it was a flash in the pan, and we'll learn that as we go into it. So okay. that's why I don't remember them. So. Okay, fair enough. So see, for me, this was not a flash in the pan. I was all in on this show. Really? Okay. Yes, that's why I was like... When I first started watching it, I just watched it because I was interested in the docu-series. And then as I kept going into the episodes, I was like, oh, Sean, I think you need to watch this. Uh, so for me, it, 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 was a, it was, I guess, short, like short-lived. Like when mm-hmm. I watching it and seeing how long this show aired, I was like, oh, it wasn't that long. But I definitely, it had a big uh, place of, in my memory as a kid, for sure. I, you couldn't tell me. I, I could not be one of the contestants on this show. I was in, I was in on it. Uh, but that's I, hilarious. Yeah, I yeah. almost had the opposite. Well, not <laughs> entirely, but like I wasn't interested. I was just like I don't care about like. But before you told me like to, uh, to watch it, I right. was just not interested. I'm like I saw this. I was like, eh. like I mean I remember American Gladiators as well. Like I remember the can the cannon thing, was, uh-huh. like, the yeah. big thing, and obviously yeah. that ball the ball <laughs> game that was huge, or whatever you call it, like the thing they traveled. Yeah, in. that that like, little cage thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Whatever you call it, um, so yeah, I remember it vividly, and but and um, but it was just like I just didn't care for the documentary. I didn't, you know. I, and then as I'm watching it, I'm like, there's three levels I cared about it so much. A, it was like part of it is the business I'm in, right? It's like mm. they had the show. Mm. Okay, how do we sell the show? And I may be skipping ahead, so don't so stop me if you're you skipping don't. ahead. But we, we can circle back because <laughs> you're jumping in. Okay, go ahead, go ahead. Well, just for the purposes of like the three parts that. I really enjoyed it from like my mm-hmm. perspective. It was the business of selling the show. It was like mm-hmm. they talked about that. They talked about, well, all we have is an idea. How do we package it? We package it this way, we had to revise it, et cetera. Mm-hmm. So that's one. B, their business model and just everything about it is very synonymous to wrestling. Mm-hmm. And they talk about wrestling a lot. They reference them a lot. Mm-hmm. And just 
being a former in the in the wrestling business on yeah, the production side, yeah, 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 right. That perspective was so interesting too because there's so many parallels there. Right, so right. Though, both of those things made it really interesting to me. So, uh, so yeah, we're gonna have to get into your wrestling background history too on this episode. Um, yes, it's very similar. Yeah. Okay, yeah, I'm with it. I'm I'm here for it. Uh, so for the audience who may not know, because there are some people who have no idea what this show is and i was getting looks for show like you never heard of this show but obviously it was it was long enough where obviously it can be lost to time but uh for those who don't know american gladiators was a show right it was a competition uh where you had these quote-unquote gladiators who were like there every week so you had a core cast of gladiators and men and women and they were very jacked and bulked uh gladiators and then you had what you would consider the quote-unquote uh everyday man regular contestants who would compete against these gladiators in different competitions uh in order to be crowned a win a winner but they were if they won they weren't considered an american gladiator they were just considered a champion but the the core the crew of the show were the american gladiators is that is that a fair uh yeah, way I of shaping the, the show yeah i think that's right all yeah. the they all competed against each other but the group themselves are known as the american gladiators right as is the show yeah. right so if if i was to go on that show uh i would be competing against the american gladiators uh and you know for bragging rights and prizes and, and stuff like that so that was essentially the gist of the show. But now as we start getting into the details, we start seeing, you know, the other elements that made the show what it was. Right, Sean? Mm-hmm. So, you know, I think, uh, so at just at the base level, the American Light is like they represent the physique, the Roman gods, the, you know, the type of a look and uh, aesthetics that, you know, bodybuilders aspire, aspire to and stuff like that. But they're also supposed to be athletic enough to com- compete in these competitions with these other people, right? Now, right, so they were seeking out, like, former athletes and stuff like that exactly. in the auditions. Mm-hmm, exactly. All right, so let's let's just jump right into it. First and foremost, the selling of this, the idea of this show. Go in, go in Sean, because he was ready. Well, yeah, I thought that was fascinating because like they hooked me right then and there by right. starting with that because that was that piqued my interest and so they basically went into it was this one dude who had the concept he had the name of the show called American Gladiators but he didn't really know what it was and at one point it was kind of <laughs> like UFC in his mind right it was just like it was just like people fighting and people like you know it was very UFC vibes from what I think it started as and then right as they started casting and talking to producers and whatever else mm-hmm. they kind of formulated it into what we know it as, which is a reality, real competition between, like, athletes and these mm-hmm. obstacle courses and stuff. We, so. got, we got to talk about the guy, the, the co-creator, the, the one who pitched, who who just had the name, right? Uh, John, yeah. Johnny Fer- Ferraro, uh, who was also an Elvis impersonator uh, and just, from my understanding, quite a wild and crazy character. So, you know, not only is... He's this guy who's trying to sell the show. He's an Elvis impersonator from, you know, my understanding. He, or from what reports of the other people, he's just a wild and crazy guy. And, and to think that he was the one that kind of put this all together, it, it just adds more ridiculousness to the story as a whole, right? Yeah, um, and there's a lot of other uh, behind-the-scenes characters who get ridiculous, too. Yeah. Um, 
So, yeah. Um, but yeah, like you said, that's he comes with this idea, and at first it's nothing. But then as more people come on the project, then they still don't have it sold to a network or to anywhere. Right. It's just it's becoming more of an idea, but still a train wreck because you just got these. Eventually, they get like the first cast, and mm-hmm. casting was a big part of it, right? I don't mm-hmm. know if you want to speak about that a little bit. Yeah, let's speak to it. Uh, so the casting. Well, we can talk about we can talk about the casting, but I also want to get back to uh, circle back to the idea. But the casting was. They had they just didn't they just had a tryouts right they had a they had tryouts they were going for a specific look uh uh but that was really it they they really didn't know what they were looking for they wanted athletic looking people but they didn't know what they wanted these people to really do um they did open call tryouts because they had no money they couldn't pay anybody um but they were definitely looking for you know if you looked a certain way athletic then you were in but then we started realizing having the look alone wasn't enough to be a gladiator here, right? Like, they were not, you know, you can look a certain way, but if you don't have the capabilities or if you're not athletic and you, you can't really take a hit, then that's another level that you're not, um, that, that you're not, that they weren't able to, uh, I guess, recognize they needed early on, right? And one of the gladiators, Gemini, uh, one of the original ones, he spoke about how there was dudes from all different walks of life, some who were fit, some who weren't. Just it looked like a clown show for the most part. Uh, but he got picked because he was a former football player and he was in shape and he had the look. So yeah, it was kind of a wild mix of folks at that tryout. Yeah, and it was interesting. The part that made me reminded me of wrestling and the wrestling businesses. They would like. Certain people, they just looked at them and were like, nope, not you. Like, they didn't even let them try out kind of thing. <laughs> right. um, so it's like, clearly, it was not necessarily about your athleticism, per se. Mm-hmm. It's, it was like the look and the athleticism look the complete, like, you know, package or whatever. So. Right. So you kind of had to have both. But also, at the same time, um, they couldn't really tell either who had both. You know, it was kind of a crapshoot. Like, you know, sometimes there were some gladiators who had the look but you know were not really built for that athletic um uh the physical tolls that take on your body you know when you're doing that type of work it's one way to it's one thing to look that way but another to kind of put your body through that continuous you know rigorous routine right and they didn't even know what the routine was yet at that point <laughs> that exactly so that was the big thing they didn't even know what the routine was they didn't have any of the obstacle course figured out. They didn't have any plan of what this competition was. It was really, really bad. And it's funny because you mentioned, you say that uh, it reminded you of res- of wrestling. And, I, you know, I could definitely see that. But, you know, for me, I saw the, the wrestling connection. But to me, it felt very techish, uh, very tech bro-ish. It was like, you know, you're, you're trying to pitch people on an idea on something that isn't even created yet. Um, and you, you're doing everything to make it look like it's something before it actually is something. Um, and, you know, trying to get people to buy in. And it's like, well, what's really happening here? You know what I mean? Yeah, if it was 2023, they would have had like an IPO and a public offering. Oh, already easy, and all that. easy. They would have been WeWork or something. Well, probably better than WeWork or <laughs> something. Yeah. But very, very similar uh, within within those lines, right? So, yeah. So the whole business of pitching it. And then they had to do the demo tape, right? Uh, which we got to see uh, the demo tape of of the episodes and of, sh- of the shows was was kind of crazy. And I do think what was also crazy about that is people didn't know that 
it was a video for the concept. Like a lot of the gladiators thought that the show was already sold and that a show was being made and that what they were recording was for an actual show and not a pilot to be shopped around for a show. Yeah, that was very interesting to hear that. It was like even they, they shot everything and they still didn't know what they had or what they were exactly trying to make at the end. So Yeah, yeah, yeah. But eventually they brought in somebody who kind of shaped it for them, right? Right, right. So they had to go through a few rounds, right? They went through a few rounds of trying to get this shaped. It was kind of a back and forth. There's a whole, uh, I guess we call it a convention where a lot of these shows uh, or Production companies that are trying to look for syndicated shows go uh, shopping their shows and, and, and their production. So it's kind of like sellers and buyers. Like, hey, we have a show and then a network or that's looking for content to put on their uh, channel. Go buy it and pick it up. So they went to this uh, convention and, you know, they weren't even really the fan fa- fan favorites. Or they weren't really getting a lot of attention, it, it sounds like. Uh, there was another show. Uh, the roller derby, the skateboard and skate roller derby that was actually considered a, a competition to the American Gladiators that was getting all the attention. I don't know what exactly happened with that show or why it didn't succeed the way people thought it was, but it was at that convention that they started pulling off some real, I guess we could call it gimmicky marketing routines and had the gladiators walking through the convention and stuff like that and, you know, causing a big scene to get attention to the booth, to their booth and what they were selling. And that's kind of how they struck, you know, got that deal for uh, the first few episodes of the show to get filmed, right? That and like you alluded to Roller Derby because their whole, um, like you said, that got canceled basically. I forget the network now, but Mm -hmm. whichever network that was, was carrying it because, you know, before our time, I think you know the generation before us. Roller derby was like a kind of like a I feel like a staple on TV a little bit. Mm-hmm. The way wrestling is like for that niche audience, and then American Gladiators for whatever reason slid into that that time slot, if mm-hmm. you want to call it, because that that production company is one who ended up buying them, right? Right, right, exactly, right. And so, okay, so we're gonna jump a bit because there's a lot going on from a bit <laughs> this this show and getting it together. From the point start of them just not even knowing what they were doing, and you know they brought in a stunt man to kind of help coordinate uh, some of the tryouts and activities. To them, you know, shooting this show with just re- the equipment, as they said, they just just went to a sports shop, and everything was modified. All the competitions and things like that was modified uh, equipment from you know shops and you know painted color, different color. Uh, you know, paint colors and stuff like that to give them a uniform look and feel. But somehow, some way, the show got picked up, right? Um, and as they're recording the first season, what they start realizing is they're not really uh, prepared for these competitions or these competitions aren't really designed in a way that um, is going to... It's not, it's not safe, right? Like, it's just not safe, I think is the best way to say it. Like... Uh, Structure-wise, there wasn't experts on set to kind of deal with what happens when you have these two to three hundred pound uh, individuals on these beams and fighting each other and wrestling and running and clashing and all of that stuff. So there was a lot of injuries in the recording of those episodes. People breaking legs, people breaking foot, dislocated shoulders, um, even gladiators who were knocked out of the game and knocked out of the situation early on in the recordings. Right. Yeah, definitely. Um, and you talk about kind of not uh, up to par equipment, even like 
the original venue um wasn't they eventually they made their way to like Orlando Studios is Universal Studios mm-hmm. um like uh studio where they shoot a lot of TV shows mm-hmm. but I think before that they were kind of just like figuring it out at whatever venue they could get at the time right right so, yeah um if I'm not mistaken one of the places they re- recorded was at a um uh, what's the proper term a, a a horse stable I don't know if that's the proper term but whatever it with, was I don't know if it was a horse table or if they just had did a rodeo oh, there. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. They had it just did a rodeo right. the day before, so there was, like, horse manure all over the set while they are filming the episodes and, and what have you. Um, it was just a mess, right? And then along the way, they brought in some people to kind of, you know, help with the design of these games and make them a little bit more better, a little bit more, you know, just safer as well and entertaining at the same time, right? And that's kind of when they, I want to say, I don't want to say hit their stride just yet, but that's when they started getting on the road to improvement. The games were being designed a bit better. Um, they were taking more things into consideration, such as the health and safety of not just the gladiators, but also the contest, contestants as well. Because that first season, you know, I, I guess, you know, I was a kid. I didn't realize how many people was getting hurt and <laughs> was getting yoked up that first season and you're seeing all that footage and there wasn't even like a lot of um i say medical staff on the set and things like that to even help with these people so it it, it was real bad early on and and they kind of had to advocate for better working conditions uh the gladiators did i mean um so yeah they started hitting their stride they had a uh production company come in and help with that and then also they had this director come in yeah sean are we talking about Bob Levy? Is that who we're talking about here? The 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 little short dude with the cool yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah. so yeah, oh, you got thoughts? I see. <laughs> no, I just wanted to make sure I was I knew where you were going because yeah, he was definitely so he's credited with like smoothing out the show and the workflow and a lot of it and get held and get a stride like you were alluding to earlier. Mm-hmm. But he also has some weird like tendencies, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah, for sure he does. What what did he call himself? Uh, adult film advocate. You know, he had a yeah, big collection. Yeah, that's exactly what he called <laughs> that's himself. That's what he called himself. You know, he was definitely kooky, quirky. You know, he just, he looked like the last person that would probably even be associated with uh, athletic activities because he doesn't look athletic or anything of the sort. But, you know, his, I guess we can even say innovation on how the show was filmed uh, contributed to a lot of the success. Uh, he was the one who, you know, said, hey, why don't we... Uh, put uh, the cameras on on the contestant contestants' heads to kind of now I get a look into you know what's going on from the contestant side and you know that gives a different perspective. Essentially, a GoPro before GoPros were invented, right? Um, so right. he he innovated that that didn't exist the mm-hmm. helmet cam thing, and then I think his idea was also to raise the joust platform so mm-hmm. that for whatever reason it made it more dynamic and it and it worked. So. Right, right, right. And there was another producer on the show, and I think you know he made a good adjustment to the show uh, as well, which was how they cast the contestants. Right. So early on for the American Gladiators, and, and this is what. You know, the gladiators was saying it, their own testimonial. The first season, you couldn't really tell who was the gladiator and who was the contestant, right? Um, and a, a lot of of the competitions, they were both the same size. Like the contestant was pretty was the same size as the gladiators. So uh, there were a lot of instances where 
the Gladiators is getting beat up <laughs> more consistent than you would imagine, considering they're like the ones you're competing against. Uh, and then the producer, you know, during the off season said, well, I, you know, I, I don't see myself as one of the contestants. We need to cast it differently so that now the contestants, while they're still athletic, there is a visual difference, noticeable difference, where now you can kind of see the David and Goliath uh, uh, contrast happening in, in real time, you know? Yeah, and I think that was uh, a really good decision. I think it made a lot of sense from a storytelling standpoint mm -hmm. because as you'll hear the gladiators say later in the story, right? Them and their, their characters and caring about the actual individuals mm -hmm. is what they thought was the magic of the show. So right. if you've got a couple of people out there that all look the same and interchangeable, then you're not going to have that um feeling towards them but having regular quote-unquote athletic people but not these larger than life athletes mm -hmm. um compete against them it, it helps them become look, look like bigger stars so right. i totally get that and thought it was genius mm -hmm. indeed indeed all right so we, we've talked about the early shenanigans and trials and tribulations but then we can kind of jump to success right um they started having a lot of success and that's the that's the part that I remember, right? Like, I don't remember all the early injuries or those episodes where it was just looking very chaotic. I'm remembering, like, when it was popular, the height of the popularity, uh, the set designs looked real nice. I, I, I definitely liked them set designs. It was one competition. I swear, if I if I could play it today, I would. It was where um, you, you're... you're dipping and ducking between behind all these barricades and shooting at the gladiator while they're shooting tennis balls at you on the floor that stood out to me that i've always remembered that right that's the era of the gladiators that i remember so now they are super popular television shows licensing deals uh guest appearances on on sitcoms which you know was a big deal back in the day yeah Sean. Yeah, I remember that Urkel episode too. That <laughs> that Family Matters episode of American Gladiators. Like, and I remember that Simpsons uh, joke they did too. So. Yeah, so they was like peep pop culture at, at a certain point, right? But I you know I don't remember. Why, why would I remember? This wouldn't have been on my radar. I don't remember it being so much controversy over this show, right? Like, no, it, me either. Um, but it makes a lot of sense to me when I I when I think about the time period, though. Uh huh. In hindsight, right? But I don't. I just. I was like, why? Well, I, I couldn't see it. I could. I couldn't even imagine what the controversy is over this show. But they were getting hammered by the media and and what was it called? Dumb TV and trash TV and crash crash TV. So that's okay. That's that's another thing because wrestling did fall in the nineteen. It started in like nineteen ninety nine, ninety eight. Right. Wrestling did fall into that crash TV uh, genre, right? That was a whole category of TV in the nineties. Mm -hmm. Jerry Springer um all of that that's crash tv right cops mm -hmm. so it's like i don't know that's again the parallels when i was watching this so but see what's funny is that i've maybe because i've been watching wrestling forever uh and i just remember i just remember wrestling always had a stigma about it so for me it wasn't even like the late 90s and i'm like well i don't disagree with you saying i just don't maybe because of the tone that wrestling took in the late 90s because i wouldn't have put them in the same category of like a Jerry Springer. You know what I mean? 
not in, not at this point in time right. that we're in the documentary. Nah, they weren't that yet. They were right. still like cartoon and yeah, stuff. Yeah. But eventually, when like Stone Cold Steve Austin and oh, stuff yeah. like that, okay, they became yeah, in it. the Jerry Springer realm. Yeah. Right. See? But they used to use the word Crash TV to classify all that stuff. Oh, my point. okay. So, yeah. Giving me that inside of wrestling information, Sean. Appreciate that. <laughs> so yeah so okay so now they're the height they got toys they got tv shows episodes all of that good stuff and then what starts happening sean as with well it, it reminded me of the and one documentary it's the same kind of thing that led to their downfall right mm-hmm. it was a tour the tour did it it's a tour took them apart it's, it's, and it was more than that because the tour was kind of exposed um them to kind of the flaws in the structure but mm-hmm. But the tour was really the catalyst for that, I think. Yeah, like it's it's you. I didn't even make the connection to the M one documentary, but you are totally right. Uh, the fame, the height of the fame, all the popularity, and now you know you go on tour, and then things start happening, and and money. You start realizing usually on tours when you start realizing how much money is being made and how much you're not making of that money. That seems to be the gist of. Nearly every business issue that I see with folks, regardless of the type of business. Music, in this case, live entertainment, and one mixed tours, is always when they go on tour. Be They see the fans, they see the merchandise, they see their image and likeness on all these posters. And then they start seeing what their lifestyle is, and it doesn't seem to match up, right? Um, right, and then you bring up, or well, we both brought up N One because mm-hmm. it, it it was similar but different because right. N One they went on tour mm-hmm. and they started saying, well, how come this guy makes more than mm-hmm. me and blah blah mm-hmm. blah. Whereas with this, they were all getting the same amount. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they were all getting screwed, but they were looking at all the revenue the show was bringing in, all this merchandise, all these toys, mm-hmm. all these ad sponsors, and it's like, I, I I did the math real quick in my head. So they were saying they were getting five Gs uh, a month. Oh, not a month, sorry, 5G's a show, and mm-hmm. they shot 50 shows a year. Mm-hmm. So they were basically making 250K a year, but the show was bringing in millions. Right. I did that same math, too. I'm, I was counting pockets, even though we're not supposed to. But yeah. Hey, <laughs> they put it out there. <laughs> yeah, so in, in that grand scheme, yeah, then that's really not. And I can already imagine, you know, they were probably being paid, like, as 1099s. So, you know, they probably had to cover, like, their own health and, and things like that and insurance and medical expenses. I mean, I'm pretty sure they had to cover that medical because there was a lot of testimony from Gladiators that said they, they still have injuries for, to this day that the studios would not acknowledge or cover, you know. So, yeah. So, they're on tour. Again, like you said, it wasn't really a situation where one felt another one was getting more shine or being paid more. It was really where they all just thought, hey, we're not being compensated enough. We're getting injured. We're doing this. It was, it was a lot going on. And I will also say the scheduling, the people that put this tour together and that was running this show, they really had no insight to athletic and athletic performances and how you perform and how you have to let the athletes recover and recoup and you know what I mean? Like they was some of the, the schedule just didn't make any sense. It was it was a little bit more grueling than like professional football players, you know? Yeah, absolutely. The schedule reminded me of wrestling. They right. would go city to city mm-hmm. and they would have to perform each and every night versus, you know, the original business model when they were a studio show in Orlando, they would tape that one, you know, in that one place. And they didn't have to get up, go travel, <clears throat> go not have a chance to go to the gym, to mm-hmm. rest, not, and then go do perform again like they just did the night before, you know what I mean? So yeah. it, it wears on the body, they doing this tour. Um, 
And um, I mean, I don't know. I don't want to jump ahead, but there was kind of the this catalyst or the inciting incident or the straw that broke the camel's back, however you want to call it, but that opened everyone's eyes to like really how much they were being exploited, right? It was it was a few. So I I identified a few. So before we get to that, I just want to talk about the food as well, right? <laughs> uh, the food when they are on the road and the schedule, because you have these bodybuilders and Sean, me and you, we've worked in these type of arenas and events and we've worked in festival and event type scenarios. The food is the food, right? Um, you know, it, it's not always the best options. It's, all, it's not always the best. You kind of deal with what you have to deal with. For athletes, you have to have some sort of premium type of food, right? You can't do the traditional rock and roll tour type scenario. So that was another catalyst, another issue as well. When you combine the nutrition that they were were not being given along with the expectations on how they should look for the show, you're, 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 you're kind of inviting certain things to happen. You know what I mean? Okay, so you're getting at the steroids. That's oh, what for you're sure. getting at. I'm getting at the steroids. What were okay. you what were you gonna get at? Uh well no. Let's talk about steroids because that's a big part of the story. Right. Um they it's crazy. So and this is just crazy how crazy the steroid thing was. Um they went on tour and they set up the tour, but just the costs of mm-hmm, the tour mm-hmm. was <laughs> astronomical, of course, because tours are expensive. Right. And the, 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 the guy who was in charge was trying to find a sponsor and they couldn't find a sponsor and it was all because of that steroid stigma. That's mm-hmm. why they didn't really couldn't capture a sponsor for this tour. Eventually they got seven eleven because they did a publicity stunt <laughs> that uh got his name out there and the tour out there and right. they got seven eleven to sponsor it. But like you said, the the, the steroids were an issue in how you alluded to how it's like, yo, these these athletes are now looking towards these sources to maintain the schedule that you set for them. Mm-hmm. And it was kind of an issue with a stick with the show that was affecting the revenue of the show and sponsorships. Right. So let's talk because I kind of felt like this was all a perfect storm happening, you know, um, and not necessarily uh, one before the other. So. For instance, so first you just had the show American Gladiators, right? And you had these athletic uh, individuals and bodybuilders. And when you lift from bodybuilding and bodybuilders for your show as the talent, you have to be mindful of the bodybuilding world and the culture, right? And it's not to say, oh, well, everyone did steroids, but you can't go into this with uh, acting like you're not aware that this might be an issue. Right, like there's some level of hey, I don't think everyone's doing steroids, but I shouldn't act like I'm sure everyone's natural, right? Um, but they didn't really care early on because it wasn't imperative to them. It only became an issue once the show started becoming bigger and popular, and now kids was involved, right? Once the kids started getting involved and they selling merchandise and cereal and they, hey, I want to be an American Gladiator and stuff like that. Now it starts creating this issue where hold, hold on now, you can't be doing steroids or if you're doing it, we can't really know. But at the same time, some of these gladiators was having roid rage incidents on set. So it's like, how can you not know, right? Um, they were definitely turning a blind eye. One, <laughs> according to one gladiator, he said they would test us, right. but they never gave us the results of the test. Never gave us. So, <laughs> yeah. So it was just really, they tested so that they could have that statement, we test them. Right. You know what I mean? And also, but not also to say we test them, 
even the heads up that they gave him. They gave him a heads up like, hey, we're going to test in six weeks, wink, wink, which is like we're telling you now six weeks in advance so you can get clean so you can pass the test as well, right? So they definitely were aware and, you know, turned a blind eye because it was making too much money. But obviously kids and all of this, especially when it's always kids and family involved, you're going to just have to be mindful of image. And once that comes into play, you really got to start cleaning up the act or at least pretend to clean up. You know what I mean? Um, but then not only the steroids issue, now you talk about the sponsorship issue. The sponsorship issue. So here's the thing. I feel like the steroid, the steroid, them not getting steroids was kind of a cover up in my opinion. A cover up to what? That they just couldn't get any sponsors. <laughs> I just, just they, I just find it hard considering how you know popular that show was. You're telling me the only sponsor you were able to get was Seven Eleven, and no one else would touch you just because of steroids. Listen, I think I, I hear you. Uh, go ahead, finish. No, no I'm just ahead. saying I wasn't an adult back then, so who knows what was happening? But that just sounds very incredulous that you couldn't get any just because of that. I just like wrestling had mass sponsors, and we all know what WWE and all of if you know they used to have sponsors all day, and I don't know, just something didn't sound right about that cover, in my opinion. So. I, I don't know, but mm, this is me right. giving the documentary the benefit of the doubt. Uh -huh. I, I think that television sponsors and tour sponsors are different, right? Okay, so okay. you trying to get a sponsor for this 9, 12, 13 city tour or whatever to help defray the cost of that versus, oh, let's get this sponsor for our television show to buy one ad. It may be, you know what I mean? It yeah, might be two battles right. to fight. Fair so. point, fair point. Okay, so let me let me mind my business. This is why I'm doing the podcast. And <laughs> this is they... me guessing, so don't. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so yeah, they couldn't get the sponsors um, because of the steroids, and then they're still going on with the production of the show. Shows are expensive. There's no way around. Even when you're selling out arenas, it's still expensive. It's why you still need the sponsorship dollars as well. So the sold out arenas, but with lack of a sponsor, just really contributed to like the company not being able to sustain and 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 do this anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Now the incident that I was referring to oh. was oh you know no, go ahead go ahead go no go ahead go ahead because there's a few other, go ahead, go ahead. <laughs> the, I forget the young lady's name, but she uh, tore her ACL mm -hmm. and that was it for her. It was no. Right, you don't work, you're done. So yeah, it was yeah. like all of the other gladiators kind of realized, yeah, we're so expendable, mm -hmm. and we have no, we have no like guaranteed anything. Mm -hmm. We have no guaranteed contract, no guaranteed money, and we also don't have a piece of any of the merchandising and stuff like that. Right, so. right, like no points or anything. So actually, so that was a good point. But then there was another issue. I've just, I, it's like been so many incidents that now I'm realizing that contributed to this. Right. So the I don't want to say the strike. Or the renegotiation process that it, uh, they tried to initiate. So after, you know, the tour and the merchandising and seeing how much everyone is get making, you know, a few of the core, you know, the more popular gladiators, um, uh, you know, went back to the table to renegotiate. Like, hey, we're getting injured, and but we have this merchandise and we see all these toys, you know, give us a point or something, something to just, you know, 
I guess, level or do something that's a bit more fair than the initial contract uh, now that we see what it has become. And uh, oh, I don't want to – what's the studio company that was producing it? Samuel Goldwyn? Goldwyn. Goldwyn, yeah, right. Goldwyn. I forget the other letters, but yeah. Goldwyn, yeah. Yeah, and, you know, uh, they were the producers of the show, and they just, you know, the head of the company, you know, it comes from the family of movie and television producers, and he was not going to negotiate. And his words from what the agent said was, my father didn't renegotiate and neither do I. So it was like, no, we're not renegotiating the contract. The price is the price. And you can either take it or leave it. You are employees, right? And what happened was the, some of the gladiators thought they had a some bargain and leverage and they were just fired pretty much, right? Um, so can we talk about that a little? Yeah, like yeah, go for it. Go we for need to talk it. about this. Go so, all right. So, I, I'm forgive me for not knowing her name, but the one female gladiator, the black lesbian uh, gladiator, the biracial uh, one. You're right, right. She, she tore ACL. Mm-hmm. She was done, and she said that was the end of her athletic career. Period. Mm-hmm. Not just gladiators. That was it for her. Right. So her whole life was old. Right. Um, and she had nothing to show for it. No money. No nothing. Like just the money. She, the two hundred fifty she was gonna make that she didn't get to make because she didn't complete her tour dates. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, and now don't get me wrong. Two hundred fifty k in nineteen ninety one is probably what like six hundred k now, five hundred k now for half, us. So about half a million. Yeah. 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 So it's a good money, mm-hmm. but I mean she didn't get to make all of it, and she and it, it scared everyone else into realizing their situation. Mm-hmm. Now this is where I want to get your opinion because. As they said in the documentary, I think it was Nitro and some of the leaders, the more popular gladiators, they mm-hmm. came together and they, and they, I heard them say this. They said, look, if we all walk out, we have them over a barrel. They have to negotiate with us. Right. And what happened was they didn't all, they didn't win <laughs> the collective. It was only four. <laughs> it was only four. You're right. You're right. Right. right and right. even the I heard I, I was, I believe the agent and the lawyer was encouraging them to do this as a collective. Right. And. Some of them just had too much to lose. It was the one dude mm-hmm. who had his kids and was just about to pay off his house. Right. And he was like, Yo, I can't afford it. I, I can't, can't afford, afford it. it. And there were some people who weren't exactly sure what they were going in to negotiate for. It seems like they were not cohesive in that particular argument. And they may have been cohesive as a unit and they didn't argue like the Hanwin crew. Right. Like they loved each other. But when it came to that negotiation that you're referring to, they we're not all on the same page. Only four of them were kind of on the same page. Right. And that's a real thing. But the reason, uh, see, you know, it's funny you say that, right? They were cohesive in the locker room, uh, but not on, you know, not on the bargaining table. Right. Um, right. right. And that, uh, yeah, that was a tough one because of that everyone had different situations and because they all signed their deals independently, you know, they, they had more, some people just had more to lose, and they made the choice that they thought was best for them in that situation, you know? Uh, now, Homie has a line in this, which I thought is brilliant, and I wonder if it's true, but he's like, you know, we signed our contracts in perpetuity. Oh, um, and yeah. He, and he's like, I think that's illegal now because of us. Right, and, right, you right. Know, yeah, and then it was a horrible contract. Like, they were right. They deserved to at least get a split of the royalties and merchandise or something. Mm-hmm. Like, and they weren't getting any of that. Um so I understand where they're coming from, but they should all, they, they had to come as a collective or of course they're just going to fire the people. They're interchangeable. Right, right. And that's the key. That's what you just said, interchangeable. And so 
the gladiators was coming from a perspective like, hey, we're the talent. We have made this show what it is and X, Y, and Z. And the studio heads is like, we'll just replace you with another bodybuilder and swap out the cast and the crew and, and you can keep it moving. Right. And that's essentially what they did anyway, right? Like they fired Literally them. Literally what they did. That's, yeah, they did that. They fired them and started bringing in uh, these other gladiators. I ain't going to front. I remember, I remember those changes and I was not with it. <laughs> I definitely remember them changing the cast, and I was like, "Who are these folks?" And you know, for me at least, it wasn't, it wasn't that uh, good. You just had new people, and now it definitely became like a, a ring around the rosy type scenario. Uh, and it just, you know, as they kind of realized a little bit too late. You, sometimes you always realize. Sometimes when you have a good thing going, you you do realize it too late. But. Um, they realize you can't just keep rotating the cast of these characters and, and you know, expect people, the fans to still be tuning in. Um, and then they got real gimmicky towards the end, right? They got real gimmicky. They started having, like, just ridiculously themed episodes. Like, it was, I think one was the Playboy Bunnies versus uh, each other. Um, then it was, like, uh, it was just a lot of ridiculous, more showtimey type court uh competitions you know yeah and the ratings started to reflect the lack in quality of the show the ratings were tanking right and they even came back to i want, I want to say his name was blaze but i'm probably making that up um nitro maybe laser nitro, nitro. Look at us. So they, nitro yo, the name is of these right? folks is hilarious it, of the name. <laughs> this was the half asian half uh white guy yeah it yeah. wasn't uh-huh. What was his name? Laser? Was that Laser? No, that was Nitro. The, the, that was Nitro. The, yeah, yeah. All right. Uh-huh. So they come back to Nitro. Oh, Gemini was the black guy. Okay. Uh-huh. Well, they come back to Nitro and they actually offer him. They want him back in the show, and he's like, "No, you're not. You're not giving me a, a profit of the merchandising. No, I'm not going to come back." Right. And they come back again. They're like, "Come on, come back to the show." And he's like, "No." And then they're like, "All right, we'll make you host." And he's like, "All right, I'll come back." I'll come back. <laughs> like, I thought that was funny. I didn't know that was what he was always wanted his whole life, but yeah, he came yeah. back. Um, and, oh yeah, I remember the, they had a Baywatch episode too, <laughs> the Baywatch competition, but, uh, Was yeah. Baywatch on American Gladiator? Yes, American like, Gladiator that's what I say, Baywatch. when it started getting real oh. gimmicky, it had, like, the cast of Baywatch comp- competing against each other, you know, the Playboy models are competing against, one. yeah, it was, it was getting real, real crazy, uh, but yes, Nitro did return, Nitro did return back, um, as a host, and, you know, it was just him, and, you know, towards the end, it just, the product just wasn't the same, and it wasn't as good, and then, then, and then they did, what did they do? It was like a medieval times for American Gladiators, uh, where they had a live show. It was trying to salvage the live event aspect of it, yeah, it did like a... It's like a restaurant. residency. Yeah, it was like a, a competition slash like you get to eat dinner and watch gladiators compete against contestants. Uh, you know, and enjoy a meal at the same time, like medieval times, which I love. By the way, medieval times is it's so interesting because WWE did the same. I mean, again, it's later in their uh-huh. time period, but uh-huh. they did the same thing. They opened up a restaurant in New York where the oh, yeah. Hard Rock Cafe mm-hmm, used to be called mm-hmm. the WWF New York. Mm-hmm. And that sometimes they would actually have like wrestling stuff happening mm-hmm. there. Like they didn't have a ring, I don't think, but there would be like angles and stuff that would happen. Oh, wow. But, you know. Okay. But wow. NYC rent was probably too much. They, they didn't oh, last yeah, that long. Yeah, yeah, I do remember that being a thing when it did open. I, n- I never got a chance to swing through but yeah. Okay, Not so yeah. So that's what I, so you know but towards the end like I probably would have went to that show though. <laughs> if it was still around today. I might be down to see a live version of American Gladiators while I'm eating a burger or something. Uh but again, all these gimmicks and and things that were 
you know, I don't want to say gimmick to like dismiss it. You know, in business, you, you you try to do what you can and see what sticks, especially when it comes to entertainment. You don't necessarily know what's going to stick, right? And I don't know. It, it's it's not like, you know, what what can you even call a category like this? It's not like it's highbrow art or elite athleticism, right? So they did what they can do uh, until they couldn't do it no more. Yeah. Yeah, um, and eventually the show died. Yeah, I mean, that's that's pretty much it. But, I mean, from a business perspective, I thought there was a lot of gems in there, especially about things cost money. <laughs> I think that's kind of the, the biggest thing I took away from it. Uh, you know, I think a lot of people who want to start a business or do a business, uh, and there's a lot that goes on behind the scenes, and especially the cost. If, if you can't make a profit, then, you know, or how long can you sustain not making a profit before you decide to call it a, a you know, call it quits? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think a business lesson, I'm going to borrow the one we use in N one is like, you need talent management or talent oh, relations. Cause yeah, yeah. had they had a person in that place, mm-hmm, just mm-hmm. feeling out the talent mm-hmm. playing, all right, well, they're, they're, they're overworked or, or they're all hurt or, mm-hmm. oh, they don't feel like they're getting a good cut of the merchandise, like things like that. They could communicate and it wouldn't be just this, because they went from zero to hundred. They went from oh, not coming to work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Revy's zero to hundred. Yeah. So, like, as a business owner, like, you know, what would you do, right? If you have four of your employees out of eleven saying, "Well, we're not coming to work." Uh, uh, so let me. Yeah, that's a great point. Let's talk about it. This feels like a long episode. Not that I'm mad at it. I just feel like we've been talking about this for a minute. Um, yeah. There's a lot of gems in here, though. Uh, so, all right. What would I do? Well, first of all, let's talk about leading up to that right before it got to that point i will say i know how we're relating it to wrestling a lot but it also there just seems to be a lot of parallels to tech and and startups because when you you, we always hear these stories about these companies that blow up and then we hear about the early days how it was super brutal and then you hear these horrible stories that happen behind the scenes and that we never knew about and and in this scenario it's literally this repeating itself if i I don't want to paint myself as some great business leader, but I do think I, I for the most part, I, I move in good faith when it comes to business. I don't really, there's nothing, there's nothing to be gained for me from my perspective by getting over per se. I think there's, there's more than enough resources for everybody to have a fair and equitable deal. That's just my take on things. Like I know some people get off on, you know, scraping it and getting to the lab but that's not that doesn't work for me now if i was in that situation and four four out of i just don't think i, I don't think it would have gotten to that level for me actually so <laughs> actually yeah would have never gotten that i don't far. think it would you not. guys would have I, I don't think it would have never got yeah yeah i just i just the way how i do business now i would be very surprised you know if someone had like major grievances with me in my business dealing. So I just don't think it would have got to that point. Um, if it did, I must have been super distracted or I'm just, I don't, I don't, I'm not involved in the day to day anymore, you know? Uh, I, I mean, I don't know if I would have been as ruthless as uh, Goldwyn was, but. I, I I see where he's coming from. Uh, there was no build up, and it was give us this, or we're not coming to work tomorrow. Right, right. I, yeah, I, I got. I don't want. I hate to side with the corporate man, but right. on that, that's like, give me. Let's have a conversation about your contract first. Right. Like, don't walk off the job. 
Uh, so I guess so. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Did they? Huh, I feel like they tried to have the conversation first, and Goldman was like, no. "Is that what happened?" Yeah, they tried that. I that's, missed that. They, okay. That's why. Okay. That's why the whole I, my dad didn't renegotiate, so I don't renegotiate. Con, con, comment came from. They tried to have. I thought a, that was the one and only conversation, though, where they said we're not coming to work tomorrow, and then they, and then his response was, "My dad doesn't negotiate, and I'm not uh, gonna so come to work when you're fired." Mm. You know what? You might have a. I, I didn't interpret it that way. Maybe you might be right. Well, we can leave it at that. And yeah, we're piecing right. it together from <laughs> from second and third hand. Though, so, that that right. too. That too. But okay, so you feel like all right, you would have handled it more diplomatically. Fair enough. I will say this. You know, when it comes to business and, and it comes to uh, success so fast, one thing I as we've been doing this uh, podcast and and studying doing business cases, one thing I, I just feel like when you have so much success so fast, there's just going to be so many mistakes. There's literally no way to avoid it. You're going to make so many mistakes. And when the money's coming in so fast, it's going to, you're going to be distracted because of the money coming in just as fast, right? As a success, if it happens like that. And then in hindsight, there's always going to be lessons learned and, and, and all of that good stuff. But it's just, it's, it's, not, it's not easy out the gate, you know, especially when it comes so fast to people who are not used to this. It's like, just hang on for the ride, you know? We talked in the beginning a little bit about how, like, this this company, Goldwyn, um, they're typically like a film company. Mm-hmm. So they didn't really, this is like one of their first, you know, dabbles into television. Mm-hmm. Do you think that contributed to what you're talking about and them not necessarily um, understanding what they had on them? They've had a similar business in film and done successful films, but never a TV show. Right. I think that for sure, you know, as I'm, as I'm listening, I'm like, hmm, remember those, those shows on Nickelodeon for kids? Like guts and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, and like Double Dare and, and all of those type of game shows for the mm-hmm. kids. I'm like, well, they had shows that were similar in nature for kids. And you know, they definitely had to make sure them kids were safe or, or safe considered by those standards. Why couldn't we get someone for adults to do the same thing? Or a company? I think they saw them as act the way they that built that infrastructure sees them as actors, yeah, right? Yeah. And instead of athletes. Yeah, you're Sorry. right. Good point. Good point all around. Overall, I really enjoyed. If you couldn't tell, I really enjoyed watching this. Uh, it was yeah, fun. me too. If you couldn't tell, I think yeah. we both enjoyed it from totally different perspective, perspectives. But like, you like the nostalgia of it because you remember watching, mm-hmm. and I was just fascinated at the business and how it's so similar to wrestling. Right, right. right. Dang. All right. Well, yeah. I mean, how how are we rating this? I mean, I like that. I'm giving it like a, a strong A minus. Oh, like, okay. It was good. Look I mean, it's, again, they had five episodes to do it, so this is the first time we've done something like this. But yeah, I'll give it like a little A minus. Okay, so. fair enough. I'll give it an A, A minus. That it was good. Uh, yeah. Okay. I know. You know, you've been a hard critic lately, Sean. So you just gotta make sure it's, you know, see where well, you stand. The on founder it. is like the, the gold standard. Yeah, the That's founder like... is the gold standard. You're right. The founder is a gold standard of movies. All right. Cool. Yep. All right. Cool. So that's a wrap on this week's episode then. Um, we hope you uh, enjoyed our review of this docuseries. Uh, hopefully provided with some value uh, and inspiration as you navigate through your business journey in life. As always, if you have a question you would like us to answer on the show, shoot us a message on any of our social media channels. Also, don't forget to subscribe and share on Spotify and iTunes. See you again soon.
In the meantime, keep grinding. The Business Grind is for entertainment purposes. Opinions expressed are those solely of the host and guests. Please consult with a professional and exercise discretion before engaging in any business endeavors. I'm out here on the grind. I'm out here on the grind.